You got what you want. No, me dear. You shall not pass. I'll raise me boots and kick your ass. Thanks for listening to Filmstrip. All content used or discussed in this podcast are the property of their respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act Section 504C2, Title 17. There was an old man of Madras whose balls were made of fine brass. So in stormy weather, they both clanged together and sparks flew out of ah! Welcome to Filmstrip. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're back to review Leprechaun 3, starring Warwick Davis, John Gattins, Lee Armstrong, John Demetta, and Caroline Williams. Made for direct-to-video and released in 1995 on a budget of $1.2 million. Uh, I don't have any idea how much money this thing made. Did it ever make any money? I, I would highly doubt it. But, uh, you know, a million two got spent on it. It went straight to video. And we told you guys last time that Leprechaun 2 was the last one to hit the big screen. I'm sure in some foreign country they threw this up on the silver screen. But, uh, you know, Brian, is it really that time of year again? It is. We're approaching old St. Patty's Day, which only brings out the Leprechaun in all of us, right? <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. No. <laughs> we are uh we are torturing ourselves every Halloween and every St. Patty's Day until we're done with these these uh films, I guess you can call them, known as the Leprechaun series. This will be the third one, one more to go, Jay. I don't think we're going to go back to the hood. Uh, yeah. So we'll we'll skip those two. But one <laughs> more to go after this. We can do it. We do it for you. <laughs> yes, the listeners. We we take this one for you. You've responded so well to the first two leprechauns that Brian and I, you know, filled the need to finish out at least the the main four of the series. And it's also because the discs we bought contained all four films. So, <laughs> that, you know, I mean, that might have had a honest. little bit to do with it. <laughs> might have had a little bit, but <laughs> no, you know, we read the uh, the reviews, and believe it or not, Jay. This one that we're about to review right now gets the most praise of all the leprechauns. But I got, <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta say, the most intriguing of the leprechauns has to be the one that's next, Leprechaun in Space. Oh, well, I can't wait. Can we just skip this one and do that one now? <laughs> that one sounds way more awesome than this. Oh. Well, Jay, before we get into the awesomeness that is Leprechaun 3, why don't you go ahead and give us a plot summary for this guy? <laughs> I will do my best. <laughs> so, we're back, and the Leprechaun is coming into Vegas, Sin City this time, the third feature, and a Las Vegas pawnbroker buys a statue of the Leprechaun from a hobo with one arm, one leg, and an eye patch. I'm not even making that up. It's the first 30 seconds. <laughs> but he makes a mistake of not listening to the strange man and takes off the metal, or the takes off the gold medallion hanging around the statue's neck. Of course, turns out that it's no statue after all, and taking away the charm necklace brings the Leprechaun back to life and the mean-spirited little man torments the pawnbroker by biting off a toe and part of his ear and some horrible limericks and then later he kills him and uh, sets out to find a missing piece of gold that fell out of his pot earlier 
But before he can find it, a young guy named Scott arrives at the shop to find the pawnbroker dead on the floor, and he takes that one gold shilling. While the coin brings a lot of good luck to Scott, things change when he discovers he has a murderous leprechaun on his trail. In one altercation, the leprechaun's blood mixes with Scott, causing Scott to begin transforming into a leprechaun himself. Oh, man. Despite all of this, the coin hops from one person to the next, and wishes are granted to Mitch, the Vegas casino owner, Loretta, the hangar owner, way past her prime at the casino, and the great Fazio, the casino. Casino magician. Leprechaun dispatches with those three pretty quickly and turns his attention to Scott. Scott's doing everything he can to stop Leprechaun from doing whatever he wants to do before he himself becomes a Leprechaun. And during a showdown at a magic act, Scott is able to use a flamethrower to destroy the Leprechaun and his pot of gold. (laughs) Instantly, he's transformed back into himself, and Tammy, the beautiful magician's assistant, skip off into the daytime, tossing one more remaining shilling into the streets of Las Vegas. And I guess that's about as good as we can do (laughs) of a plot. Lot summary. We left out a lot of things we can get to here, Brian, but I can sum it up in one sentence. Uh, Leprechaun goes to Las Vegas and something happens. Many things happen. And, uh, you know, I got to give him credit. After the disaster that was Leprechaun 2, because I got to say, Leprechaun 1 may not be the best movie in the world, but you can have fun with it. Leprechaun 2 was pure oh, that hell is friggin- and torture. That is- <laughs> Leprechaun 1 looks like Citizen Kane compared to this. This is horror. I mean, the, the series... I look, I've watched a lot of horror series in my day, okay? We've established that on many of the shows that we do here at Continuous Play. And I have never seen one fall this far off the cliff between parts 1 and 2 or parts 1 and 3 as this one has. I mean, it is amazing. But I will agree with you. No, two was dreadful, so they had nowhere to go but up. Yeah, and you got to give credit to the director of this one because instead of trying to make a terrible horror film like they did in Leprechaun 2, he just went with it and made it more of a comedy thing with a little bit of gore in it and used it for what it is. I mean, people know that uh, the Leprechaun as a horror film just ain't going to cut it. And what people remember, unfortunately, for most of these movies are the retarded one-liners that he uses. So why not throw oh, a bunch more a in, right? Well, I mean, there's a billion of those in this thing, and it's it's like that's all he does is, is say those little one-liners and does goofy little tricks and then you know it's the whole i don't know the thing about this series that gets me brian is that the setup seems to change from film to film like they don't have any real rules other than if the gold gets away from the leprechaun he's gonna be hell-bent on killing anybody that's got a piece of it right And, and he's done that in increasingly gross ways but everything else seems to change. I mean, where's the four-leaf clover magic? That ain't there no more. Ah, that where's will return. Where's the green stuff that? <laughs> where's the green stuff that shoots out of his hands? You know, the the green force oh, lightning. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And seen that, you know, and I don't know. I mean, this whole bit about the gold now grants wishes. Now you mentioned that. In Leprechaun 1, when we were talking about, you know, what do you know about leprechauns, you said you thought if you, if you found a leprechaun at the end of a rainbow, then you got some wishes mm-hmm. from the gold. They, they run with that in this one, and that's pretty much the whole setup, is that this one coin grants a wish to anyone, and the, the deal is you can't wish harm on the leprechaun. 
but you can do anything else that you want. So Scott gets this unbelievable run of luck. The casino owner gets to, you know, almost make it with Tammy and the magician, Loretta gets a, plastic surgery and we'll talk about that a little bit <laughs> and fazio becomes a a great magician but he's still working the same lounge yeah that's so, pretty bad you know, so yes but that's the whole setup this time and i mean i don't know i will i will say it's better than the hoisted upon relationship that we saw last yes. time with our characters yes. but the way the way scott and tammy meet is equally ridiculous it is. Uh, basically, he almost runs into her on the s- sidewalk, and his no wait. You're thinking of leaving Las yeah, Vegas, no. <laughs> which is a much better <laughs> film than Leprechaun Three, um, and starring a much better blonde actress, Elizabeth yeah, Shue, no. so, who has worked again. So, um, no, her car's broken down, and he shows up to help. Yeah, she's driving the VW Bug, and they have that. Terrible dialogue, and he opens up the front of, you know, the old bug cars. The engine was in the back. He's like, someone stole your engine. <laughs> and already, I mean, two minutes into this, I'm like, oh, man. We've <laughs> been for a long time. Well, even before that, it, Jay, the, yeah. the whole scene where the guy comes in, like you mentioned in the plot summary, where he's missing, like, a leg, he's got an arm off and all this <laughs> stuff, and he, he sells the pawn keeper this <laughs> this leprechaun <laughs> statue. For a whopping twenty bucks, <laughs> who, who in the world is this guy? Exactly. How that, did he come? See, into, this is what well, how did he me. get it? Number one, and number two, obviously he learned his lesson because the leprechaun apparently he apparently he wanted the medallion, took the medallion off, and the leprechaun wreaked a hell of a lot of havoc on him before he got it on him again. Because holy crap! Yeah. See, I'm glad I'm glad you read that too, because at first I was like, "Who the heck <laughs> is Long John Silver here with the the leprechaun?" And then after the way he attacks the pawnbroker, I was like, "Aha, old Stumpy there lost oh, yeah. a few limbs before he got the chain around he, the guy's neck." He had a few rounds with the leprechaun, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, and and I guess we could, since we've already said we're probably not going to review him, this gold chain and statue winds up in one of the hood leprechauns later on, so they go back to it, but. Yeah, that I want to tell you though, that was awesome. I was like, well, this is a freak movie. I love this. I mean, at that point, I was like, okay, if they're going to be goofy, then I'm fine with it. Because I'm with you. I was going to get real mad if they tried to be scary again. And there's no way they can do that. The leprechaun's out of the bag at this point. You got to just be goofy. And that opening was awesome. And it's, it's just great. And you knew, you knew when he took the gold chain off that the little stone thing, which is not even in proportional size to Warwick Davis, yes, was going to yes. turn into yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was terrible. But the, the, the best part is, is that, of course, leprechaun doesn't do anything. He scares the crap out of the pond keeper and then starts running away with his gold. And of course, what happens? He drops a medallion. What else would happen? Of course. You know? yeah. And of course, of what course. happens then? Yeah. The pawn shopkeeper finds it. And now he wants to keep it. And then the leprechaun comes back for it. And I gotta say, Jay, this pawn shopkeeper lasted far too long in this movie. That well, just went he on. He lasted and on. a long time. They kept interweaving back and I... forth to it. And it was just like, really just kill the son of a bitch and get it over with. Well, you know why he lived? Because he had that rad computer yes. program. 
Now, wow. now look, you're the technology guru of, of the, the the continuous play crew here. What in the heck was that? That was an 8-bit program pre-Nintendo days, man. I mean, this was awesome. This is wow. your, You're talking Commodore, probably 64 era software. Dude, this is 1995. We got the Super NES. <laughs> and you got Windows wow. 95. This guy was apparently not running that in this movie. Too much money to get no. that, apparently. <laughs> what? But how much did they have to spend to program that thing? That's what I want to know. That that looked hilarious because it was like everything you'd want to know about a leprechaun. It, it was the way to do exposition because there were no characters capable of delivering dialogue. So the thing would tell you, you know, if you let a leprechaun get your gold, you get wishes, and then that would happen. And the only way to beat him is to do this and then to do this. And you light the gold on fire, you light the leprechaun on fire. And it's it, they drop all this stuff. And that's when I realized, I was like, hey, I better write down all of that because I bet every bit of that happens. Yeah. It, I'm going to guess they found this piece of crap somewhere and we're just like, dude, we can totally use this in our movie. I, I don't think that they paid someone to program that, really. No. I would hope not. I, I mean, if they did, the, you know, good luck to the guy who got that, cause, <laughs> you know, that gig, because that was pretty sweet. But, I, man, really, I, what a... Uh, what a weird setup, though. I'm with you. This thing starts so strange, and it's so jumpy, because you have Scott trying to pick up Tammy, who he gives her a ride, you know, and he's on his way to college. You know, that's all we know, going through Las Vegas, so go figure. And Because you don't, you don't just go through Las Vegas. you got to kind of be exactly. going. I mean, it's not, it's not on the way to anything, except it's <laughs> up. So, anyway, that that... that Point aside, they're kind of having this little back and forth in the car, and you realize she's a magician's assistant. You know, so she works at one of the local gigs, and that's when I was like, "Oh, we're going to get a magic show too! How great!" Yeah, and oh, did that turn out to disappoint? Oh, it was just ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. First, she 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 lets him drive her to her place of work, and then allows him to come in with her. What the hell? They just met. Yeah. Well, no, no. He's underage. Yeah, she's like, no, no, no. Yeah, no, she's like, you shouldn't be here, but come yeah. on anyway. Just don't <laughs> like, get into any trouble. No, she, okay. Yeah, I'm like, what? Yeah, and of course the bright lights of the casino draw him into cash and his college money. Who the hell walks around with a check for 23 grand sitting in your pocket? A cashier's check. An idiot dry- <laughs> The same kind of person that would pick up a blonde on the strip in Vegas, I guess. I don't know. You know, again, I was, I was watching this going, none of this makes any sense. It, it, you can't, if you apply logic to this, you just, you're dying. And I had to just go with the fact that clearly he's going to lose all of his dough at the roulette wheel. And that's where we meet Loretta, you know, Caroline Williams, who's basically, you look, she looks like somebody that probably at one time was a stripper, but it's no longer Man, really did you see how job. they made her look like, they made it look like her boobs are down to her butt sagging. Oh, it's terrible. Did. Yeah, they really, I mean, it was terrible, terrible effects. All these clothes they've got her in and this big oh. hair. And I mean, I had to remind myself this was yeah. nice. <laughs> so that was the, the thing. But she's rigging the roulette wheel because, and explain this to me, how would that even work? <laughs> yeah, I don't get that the, either. Is the marble magnet? Because the magnet would like... How, it, yeah, it may be magnet, but how do you choose which one to let it fall on? 
Yeah, I was I was kind of wondering that exactly. myself. But I'm sure there's some kind of mechanism like that that actually exists, but I couldn't figure that out either. I'm just sitting there going, how in the hell is she making it so it doesn't? I mean, you hit the magnet and it just goes somewhere, right? How do you know which number it is? You can't read that. Yeah. It's going pretty quick. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's goofy, but the whole point is that so Scott can lose all of his dough, and she tells him to go to the pawn shop across the street, and immediately you're like, well, we know which <laughs> exactly. one he's going to, so he can pawn his gold watch or whatever, and that's where he gets involved in this whole yes. madness, because he picks up the coin, and he's like, I just want to, I want to win in streak, and the next thing you know, he's yep. loaded. He's got dough, he's high rolling, and... You know, I'll say for a for a stupid movies convention, I was okay. I was going with it. I mean, I'm, I'm much more forgiving this time around again because from the get go, they've set this up that this is just going to be hijinks, y'all. It's yep. just going to be laughs. But the thing I'm noticing is I'm having more fun in the movie when the leprechaun's oh, not yeah. there because what's going on while Scott's winning, Brian? The leprechaun meets Elvis impersonators he makes some poo appear on somebody's hand and he's doing all kinds of well and here's the thing and i too here's the thing i know we're in lost x right and things are a little bit different there but really not a single person notices this little green leprechaun running around the streets nobody not a single person stops and looks at him like that's kind of odd it was ridiculous. I mean, it really, I, I don't even know, I don't even know where to go with that because what they've done is they took something out of Honeymoon in Vegas, which another Nicolas Cage <laughs> Vegas movie from earlier in the 90s, and the whole bit about the Elvis impersonators and that he, the leprechaun is just as weird as every other weirdo running around Las Vegas. I mean, how did Pegleg get up and down the street without somebody noticing him? You know, I mean, we never see him again. That's what I wanted. I wanted the hobo to come back at the end, and I didn't even get that. You know, so that I, I don't know. This this movie seems like the first third of it, or really the first half of it, was just thrown together so that they could get <laughs> to the last half, which is much more intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it feels like the first forty minutes of this are just going nowhere, and it's it's all over the place. And I hated all those little gags with the yep. leprechaun. I hated that. I mean, at least in the first one, you know, when they had him running around in the little mini car and all that stuff, that was kind of fun and was sort of neat. And we were amazed at how fast he could move. But, I mean, this was as bad as turning the two lawnmower blades into a into a nice rack for something. Yeah, it was terrible. I was, the whole And the whole Elvis thing, really, you couldn't have found a better Elvis impersonator at least... To do that, and how many Elvis impersonators are are out there doing the fat Elvis? Is it a lot? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's why I was, that was an odd choice. <laughs> the fat Elvis. I can't get somebody that looks. I mean, I've seen a couple of Elvis impersonators. Okay, and I, I'll be honest with you, the two I saw are fantastic. Yeah. They don't do fat Elvis. They do jumpsuit Elvis, but they don't do fat Elvis. And they, you know, that was that was horrible. But again, they probably couldn't get anybody that was any good because they didn't spend any money on this. You know, there's there's a little bit of money getting spent on effects, and it looks like they have three sets that are clearly yeah. not Las Vegas. Probably Toronto or Vancouver yeah. or somewhere like that, and it, then they've got the magic show right, that they've got to pay for. My favorite, the great Fazio. My favorite part of the magic show is when yeah. they're doing it. Nobody's really paying attention, or they're all like, "What the crap is this?" You see the two in the back making out. Who the hell makes out in a magic show? <laughs> it just seemed kind of out of place there. But 
Lo- oh, losers in Las Vegas, I guess. I don't know. I think the point was that they were more no. interested in each other. Understandably than they were so, yes. Yeah. But let's Clearly. talk about a couple things, Jay. Let's yeah. let's get into the fun part of this film because there actually is some fun part of this film. But the two guys, the two thugs that meet up with uh, the. <laughs> that meet up with Mitch, the, who's the the owner, trying to collect their money. How hilarious are those two? You got the one guy who acts all tough, right, with his big muscle, who's a big wuss, basically. And what I really loved about these guys was the 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 leader. He he really tried to p- portray himself as this tough guy who he could kick the crap out of you, but he doesn't want to leave it to his thug, right? Did you get that out of him? Yeah. I did, and yes. I thought those two guys were hilarious. They were the linchpin of the whole story. And their their odd, very awkward conversation at the elevator is actually where the movie turns. It's where it gets really good after that point. And because I remember when I got up to that, I said, "What? why are we even focusing on these guys? They, why are they in more than one scene? And I realized they were just there for comic relief. Oh. I thought they were funny. I, I liked the fact that they were supposed to be these thugs, but they were, well, they were they the were best because the, the best was the, the main thug. And I can't, I can't remember what their names were in this, but when Leprechaun is killing them, and he's beating the tar out of that guy, and the guy is talking trash to him the whole time he's getting his ass kicked. It was awesome. One of the lines was, he called him a munchkin and told him to ask him how what what Judy Garland was really like as he's getting killed. He's just talking crap to him the whole yeah. time. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Well, which was awesome. And the leprechaun is yes. taking him out with like his little cane this time. You know, which which I was like, man, you know, he went from like just doing magic on people and biting their toes off to oh, yeah. I'm just going to beat it was you. Fantastic. With a stick. And I was okay with it. I like. I thought it was good. It's funny to watch a little person wail on a big person, and one of these guys is probably yeah. like six seven. You know, and Warwick Davis is chopping him down, and it, it's so funny to see it. that that again was yeah. part of what kept me going in this because unlike the last movie where the middle you didn't no. care about the damn go kart race and all that other stuff that was going on, this was actually funny, and and was it was fun I mean, to watch. They had it. a lot of good parts in here. Yeah, we talk about all the wishes that come true. We talked about Scott's wish, which was to basically get some good luck going, and he starts winning a ton of money. And I can't remember what he actually ended up with for money, but it was quite a bit where they had the the guys come out and tell him to take a break, yeah. go up to the biggest room in the hotel, and you know that's yours for the night. Come back later, hoping that he'll lose his luck. Yeah. Right. Well, then the coin switches spots, and it goes to right. uh, Mitch. Who gets it from uh, uh, Loretta and makes a wish that he he says he could get any any girl he wants and Loretta says no you can't he goes I bet I can I, I and he makes a wish that he could get Tammy right and of course then what the hell is this she turns into freaking right. Marilyn Monroe all of a sudden and starts hitting on Mitch what is that oh oh. A bad Marilyn Monroe. Well, we already had the bad Elvis impersonation. Then we had the really bad Marilyn Monroe impersonation. Is that all that, oh, Mr. President, that baby talk stuff? She was horrible. And look, we got to say this because I dropped it earlier, but Lee Armstrong, the actress. This movie made her quit. She did one other. 
Yeah, this this was it. She was, done, and I I would argue she quit halfway into it, probably after having to do this this scene because she has to come all over to this guy, and she has to do this really weird, elongated mm-hmm. scene of a striptease, which was incredibly awkward, and and then she snaps yeah. out of it because the coin changes hands again, because Loretta comes back and gets it back, but that whole bit. That now that was weird. I would have rather had more of the two guys getting beat up than than Tammy and Mitch almost getting it on in the elevator yeah. and almost getting it. It on was his, it was very strange, dress. but it very just strange. made zero sense for her to all of a sudden turn a one eighty and become a a ditzy blonde all of a sudden because she's been portrayed as kind of more of a smart blonde for the majority of the film, and now she's a ditzy blonde because she's coming on to the boss. It was just kind of out of place. Yeah, it was really weird. It was, it was very strange. But, you know, she's under the influence of the magic, yeah. Brian. So that's what we're supposed to believe. But that, yeah, that ends oh. horribly. But now we got to talk about Mitch's death because he's, he starts watching like, <laughs> cheap cable porn. <laughs> okay. And then the naked woman crawls out of the TV and starts making out with him. And the first thing I'm thinking is, why are you still in the room? And then I remembered the ring had not come out yet, so we weren't freaked out by girls crawling out of the television yet. But that would have been a little weird. But behind him, while he's you know getting it on with this yeah. woman, is the leprechaun <laughs> doing like infomercials yes. as a bad televangelist. You know, the, your sins are going to get you, and all that. And it was and. I'm blown away that Mitch can't hold concentration on the naked. Well, now he's only watching because he keeps mentioning his name, and he's like, "Did he just say my name? Did he just say my name?" Yeah, just bizarre. And then the naked woman turns out to be a robotic demon. Oh, yeah, that made no sense at all. Yeah, she's like trying to attack him, and all, and and he winds up getting electrocuted. You know, which is (laughs) really strange. I, I thought. Man, we've gone a long way from just you right. know poking somebody's eye out in the police car. I mean, again, this this movie has jumped so many sharks that it's not even aware anymore how bad it's getting. That was one of the weirdest deaths in the whole thing. I just I felt strange about that because how we know the leprechaun can protrude illusions, right? Exactly. But how did the illusion become it's a like robot? Had, it's like, not like he had a robot. It's not like he had a robot. Can he see Because at, at least before when he made illusions happen, they were objects you would believe were actually there. The lawnmower in the shed, right? Makes sense. But just a robot out of nowhere, unless this guy's really funky and into some kinky shit, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a robot just sitting in the corner. Yeah. Well, we need... We needed to set that up like he needed the mannequin of a you know a hot woman or something. Like, right. It's all right. I'm with you, baby. And then she comes to life. Like that would have been funny. You know the riff on the the mannequin movie from the '80s. You know with Kim Cattrall. That would have been funny. And then like she stabs him or something. But that's not what happens. It's that weird robot thing. And all I am doing is having bad flashbacks to when they made a robot out of Buffy and one of the characters started <laughs> having sex with it. You know, and that's to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, that's exactly what crossed my mind was how awful that was. And then this is even more awful. Yeah. Now, before all this happened, Leprechaun is obviously looking for his gold coin and he's figured out that it's somewhere in the, in the casino. First target is Scott. He goes after Scott and Scott doesn't have it anymore because Loretta has stolen it from him. And they get into a little fight where, uh, they both get cut and Leprechaun bleeds onto Scott 
And apparently that means that he's going to become part leprechaun now because he's got some let blood inside his blood mixed. What the hell? How? <laughs> yeah, where did that come from? And it's, I mean, really weird. He, he got, what did the, the leprechaun bites him in that process? So it's like he swapped venom with him. Well, or he something? starts bleeding too, but, and that's what actually gets all over his yeah. cuts. Yeah, and it's really weird. It's like that green, gooey blood turns into he turns him into a leprechaun. Slowly but surely, we've yeah. seen this convention. We've seen this convention before, right? I mean, th- you've seen this happen a million times. It's it's you get mixed with something, and you're slowly becoming the thing you don't want to become, and it's a race against time. And this is what scriptwriters call the clock. <clears throat> you put the thing in the plot that is the countdown. In other words, we've got to get something resolved before this you know, it, day ends or whatever the time period is that Scott becomes a leprechaun because he doesn't want to be a leprechaun. So my question is, did, will he become like automatically shorter? He should have gotten progressively smaller yeah. <laughs> as, as he leprechauned out because all that happens is he gets like some weird ears and some fur. He looks kind of like the transitional Michael J. Fox. Yeah, exactly. He looks like he's turning into a <laughs> werewolf instead of a leprechaun. Definitely agree with you on that. He gets the wrinkly face thing going on there. But the best part is he breaks out into limerick at random freaking times really oh and and the worst worst accent oh yeah oh it's it's pretty bad and 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 of course what is the first thing he does after he starts becoming part leprechaun he goes to the restaurant and orders every kind of potato they have really because apparently leprechaun's favorite potatoes potatoes per the computer program oh my god so now now we have to pay that off i mean Ugh. It was bad. <laughs> it's, just, mm-hmm. it's just bad, and he's just eating all this, and then, then it dawns on him, hey, something's wrong with me. Why am I eating all the potatoes? <laughs> and I'm like, man, your carb diet, bro, is just through the roof now. I, you need to go get your heart examined. And I, I uh, it, it was just dumb. I, I hated that. I thought that was really lame. Yep. But now, of course, all of this is going down, and... Timmy finally runs back into Scott and says, you know, we, I need your help. And they're able to run back in to, they, they see Mitch's body now. And that's when Scott starts to realize, wait a minute, I'm turning into the leprechaun. And Tammy takes him to the hospital. Now, this is what is yes. bad. You talk about bad special effects. I mean, I've seen better on the old, like, 1960s Twilight Zone than this. This was horrible. Not only that, Jay. I've seen slot machines in gas stations, but really in a hospital? Do they have slot machines in Vegas in a hospital, too? I I would hope not. I mean... <laughs> I would hope not as well. I mean, come on. There's got to be some law against that. There's Even a limit. In Las Vegas. Yes. Anyway. No, I agree. This is just... This whole, the the special effects in this and the gore parts of this movie are absolutely terrible. There's nothing really good about them. Yeah, I mean, they're ripping Scott's clothes off of him to examine him, and clearly it's just his head sticking through the the bed or whatever, and they've got the fake body there that's convulsing and doing all kinds of exorcist stuff. And it was just so lame. And, of course, what happens is Tammy wanders off into the empty hospital. How the heck did this hospital get so empty so fast? She turned the corner, and it's like nobody's there. I Look, I've been in hospitals. I have friends that work in them. There's not one part of them that's not busy, or there's not well lit, and there's people around. That That is ridiculous. But, of course, that's so the leprechaun can corner her in the morgue. And that's the whole gimmick there. 
Of course. Now, we do have to mention, too, Jay, that before all this, too, we had Loretta with the coin. And what does she wish for? She's got the, as we mentioned before, the boobs down to her waist. She, and she wants the body of a 20-year-old. She, so. She's established that she thinks that she's still beautiful enough to be the act for the for Fazio, his, his girl in the act, instead of Tammy. And he always keeps telling her, oh, you're disgusting, da, da, da. So she wishes to become beautiful. And what do they do to her? They chop off all her hair. And I think she looks worse. <laughs> that Well, they, they took off her wig, and they had her with the short hair, and then they give her this, like, low cut. They took off all the prosthetics that the actress was wearing, and they let her just be herself. And she's a decent-looking woman, you know? She's built okay. And she's got, you know, she's got her... Dress split way down and, you know, real short skirt and high heels and, you know, tons of hoe makeup on. And I mean, she's totally dolled out, right? But then the leprechaun shows up and he's going to make a few improvements to the uh, <laughs> magical plastic surgery. And he turns her into like a bloated duck. It looks well, like. It's she, yeah, she thing. looked like Howard the Duck at one point in this whole thing. It was just so bad. So, it, I mean, it's, she just keeps getting bigger and bigger the she started what did it start with i think it started with the boobs then it went to the lips and the butt and oh just terrible i want to see what they ripped this off of because they just keep blowing her up and blowing her up and she can't get through the door and she finally explodes which is really grotesque right yes i i knew immediately where this was coming from Nightmare on Elm Street 5, the dream child. There's the good-looking mean girl in that. Basically, Freddy feeds her so much that she explodes. That's hmm. the whole bit. She that's won't ever right. eat. Yeah. You know, she's worried about her figure. And that that's where I'm like, they totally janked this from that. Because if I'm not mistaken, Nightmare, Nightmare 5 came out in 1989. So it had been out for a while. But it had, it had been big on home video and stuff. That was like a big scene because it caused a lot of controversy because it got cut. And then when they put it on video, you got to see the uncut version. And it was a big deal. It was still you know, one of those taboo things. And so they went for it here. And I'm sure it ticked off the People from Nightmare Five who had to cut their scene, you know, six years earlier, and then freaking <laughs> Leprechaun gets to keep theirs. But whatever, we went a long way in, in six years, but with the ratings apparently. But it's just really gross. But they've got to get rid of her, right? You got yeah. to dispatch with her because everybody else is getting killed, and so now you're ready to see Fazio get killed, and that's oh, who man. you know is, is next. And what does Fazio want? He wants to be a great magician, but like I said before, he's still in the same crappy lounge. But he's got a crowd yeah. that actually pays attention. <laughs> You would, How does you that would make think, him David Copperfield? I know. You would think, you would think that if he became the greatest musician, which is what he wished for, he could find a gig at a bigger place with a lot more people there. But he's still working the casino that he was at. He's a big deal, and he's trying to do a magic trick. And what I thought was hilarious is when the leprechaun just shows up in the middle of his act, and he's so taken aback that he just goes with it like that's all part of the gig. Yeah, exactly. Like they had this little magic off in the thing, you know. And I thought this is so bad. I mean, it's so bad, and the whole crowd, like the crowd at the show, is they're going, "Huh?" And I think that's what I was saying too. I said, "Why, right. why did the leprechaun just kill him? Like he never plays with his food this much. This is a little beyond where he needs to be at this point." And I love how he sets him up because he gets him in the, the, his big trick is he's going to saw somebody in half, which is the oldest, lamest delusion in the world, but that's his big show. So whatever. 
So he's going to do that, but the leprechaun decides, no, I'll do it. I'll saw you in half, and he pulls out a freaking chainsaw. Oh, yeah. And proceeds and, to cut him. Oh, enough. but the funny thing is, he Fazio winds up with the gold coin one more time, and he wishes he was somewhere else, but the leprechaun lets him know, hi, it's one wish per ownership. Which I thought, well, that's nice that you introduced it's, that now. An hour. Yeah. Well, no, they, in, they did. They did movie. mention that it's every for every piece of gold that you have of a leprechaun, you get a wish. Oh, okay. See, I thought it would just continue, but that's a good point. I didn't realize they had thrown that in yeah. there. But anyway, Fazio is no more because he gets chopped in half in a really grotesque. This is where all the money went, all the effects. Went. Yeah. Because they like there's blood splattering everywhere and guts, and people are running out of the theater, of course. And I love how for 10 minutes, the authorities don't ever show up. Right. People are running out of the casino going, this guy just got chopped in half, and there's not a single cop in the place. Oh, but that's okay, because yeah. Scott and Tammy are there to save the day. Yeah, and I love how they saved the day because the other part of Fazio's trick is he's going to light the box on fire while he's sawing someone in half because apparently that is magic. Yes, and he has a he has a full fledged Vietnam era flamethrower <laughs> hanging out there, and and here's what kills me because okay? the whole end of this is that Scott is fighting with himself about being a leprechaun and leprechauns trying to play on that with him, right, and. Scott is is trying to figure out what to do, and it's Tammy that says, burn the gold, because his power's in the gold, and that's what incinerates him. I, like, wanted the necklace to come back and somebody to throw it around the little guy. I mean, what whatever happened to that thing? It got spit out in the pawn shop, and you never saw it. Uh-huh. That that ending seems so ridiculous. Yeah, I agree, and the fact that, the fact that after he just... Dispatches with the, the somehow burns up all the gold with a flamethrower. Number one, and dispatches with the leprechaun. He instantly, like immediately, all of a sudden, all the leprechaun effects, which have been taking hours to to transform him, are gone, and he's back to normal. That made zero sense. Oh, and it, it, and it's in that bad jump cut too, where like he yes, there, like, and then the next shot he's fine. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was so cheap, but I, I, that kills me though. The ending of this bugs me. This whole incinerate the gold and it incinerates mm-hmm. him doesn't make any dang sense, no. Brian. Well, not only that, I mean, it do you know how hard it is to burn gold to melt it? I've, yeah, you have to get it up to several thousand degrees, and you can't do it. No, no. <laughs> no it didn't have enough gas to do it. And the plus, it's in a black cauldron, which is meant to hold. I do have to. It right, would just make it, it hot. I do have to admit, though, Jay, it's nice to actually see the leprechaun have a pot of gold for once instead of a bag or <laughs> oh but did you notice how only like one piece would ever move on the well, pot of, of gold it was the piece that kept flying off because <laughs> it was plastic oh yeah it, yeah it was, it was bad it, it looked like your kid's halloween costume oh, yeah. it was bad. you know a pot of gold but you're right at least they gave him a pot of gold but that's how the leprechaun burns up and he just turns into like he floats <laughs> prostrate in the air on fire and then falls to the stage floor and sort of melts in the floor. Yeah, and that's, that's it. it. And I'm like, nope, no shoe shining jokes. That no, you know, last limerick. We nothing. did, we did you get know, and, one and, joke about the shoes at the beginning of the show when you mentioned how nice the shoes were of, uh, of. Uh, we actually got two of them. When you mentioned how nice the shoes were of the pawn shopkeeper, and then of course Elvis mentions that how he oh, likes the blue yeah, suede, how he yeah. likes the leprechaun shoes, and wonders if they come in blue suede. <laughs> 
So they yeah, didn't leave yeah. the shoe uh, at finish out though entirely. Well, they needed to do it in the, the resolve. That's what I'm saying. What am I? What am I picking apart? What am I picking apart? <laughs> I mean, this is 90 minutes long, and it's about 45 minutes too long. Yeah. At this point, anyway. So I, I don't know, man. I just ugh, I feel weird. About it is, but the, the worst part of the whole thing, Jay, is the absolute end when the Tammy all of a sudden is in love with Scott, who has been a leprechaun and trying to kill her at times during this movie. But anyway, that's okay. They're in that, love. That they met less than twelve yes, hours. Yes, exactly. Ago. They just met. They're in love. They decide to go off happily together. And what do they do? They flip the remaining coin in the air and that tells you one thing leprechaun will be back because they didn't destroy all of his gold it's the same it's the same ending as last yeah. time they did that at the very end of the last yeah. one remember those two kids flipped that off the stairs or whatever and then walked off into the sunset or sunlight yeah together, which was ridiculous then and it's just as ridiculous now they couldn't come up with a better ending apparently not apparently this is the that they decided after leprechaun 2 that that was a good way to go to end it and maybe that's how they give it an out for the leprechaun to return it's because his gold's still there somehow he rejuvenates himself and, be- and gets better again i don't know ah yes but as we've already said the next one's in space i can't wait to hear how they explain uh, it, it'll be good <laughs> it'll be good i'm sure <laughs> yeah it should be well but before we get to that one brian we're at the point of the podcast where we give our final recommendations and popcorn rating for the film so what are yours for leprechaun well for jay me? last time for leprechaun 2 i gotta say there was absolutely zero redeeming quality in leprechaun 2 the only part that had any kind of inkling of uh entertainment value was mort other than that, it was just a pile of rubbish. And I believe we gave that a burnt piece, burnt up popcorn, leave it in the bag type thing. Well, if we gave that the burnt up popcorn, then these, this one gets the three kernels of popcorn that actually didn't burn. And, and you can get them out because there's some entertainment in this, but it still sucks. I couldn't say it better, man. Uh, th- look, this this is one of those things that it will seem like it's really good because yeah. it's so much better yes. than the last one, but it's still not any good. It's still bad. This is still horrid. And again, it's 40 minutes too long. And I didn't think there was a film on the planet, Brian, that could make me long and pine for the genius that was Mark Jones' original creation <laughs> of Leprechaun. But I would take Ozzy and the not Kevin Bacon, <laughs> Kevin Bacon guy rubbing legs and Jennifer Aniston. I'd take all of that again, twice before this. This movie is yes. terrible. It's, it's beyond bad. And it's still a small popcorn are there a few laughs? Yes. Do not buy this or rent it. Go to YouTube and say Leprechaun 3 best moments and you'll get all five seconds of what you need out of this. There's nothing. It's just still bad. And, ah, you know, once again, we've we've gone down the path. And one can only wonder is if in the fourth installment, will we finally hit gold with Leprechaun? I, I, I wouldn't so, count on it. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's in space, and I understand there's lightsabers involved. I, that and Christian Slater's in it. That that is it's already giving me hope. That this you might see have that a they're they're moving up. I they went from uh, well Jennifer Aniston, a young there, not really a star, to no name, to no name. Now they're getting Christian Slater in there, and of course in in the hood we got Ice T. So I don't know what 
Well, yeah, but we're not going to the hood, all right? <laughs> We've already said that, that. Look, folk, if you want us to do Leprechaun in the hood, we we got to talk. <laughs> that, that, that's got to be some negotiations of that. Because I, I bought the one disc. It's got four films on it. As far as I'm concerned, none of these are canonical anyway. They don't no. fit together at all. And the, the hood, <laughs> the the hood is even worse movies. because it's in the 70s. <laughs> so it's <sighs> way back in the past. <laughs> So so it predates exactly. the original Leprechaun in North Dakota. I can't <laughs> believe this. Oh, my. Well, it's been fun again talking this with you, even though the movie's terrible, Brian. <laughs> it's always fun and, to go through these things. Yeah, we'll be folks. back in October for Leprechaun 4. Don't you worry about that. We will hit Leprechaun in space. I, After that, we're done. But we will be back in October with Leprechaun 4. And I want to tell folks, too, we got some other real fun special things planned for October. I'm not going to say anything more about it yet, but I've got some films in mind I think are going to really be some cool stuff for us to do. And I mean, not cool and like doing the most awful thing we can find away. Actually, something that may have some substance. So we're, we're going to come back to that. Brian, we've also got one coming out here soon. It's almost WrestleMania yes. time. Ready to Rumble is going to be our next wrestling-related film for the WrestleMania coming up in April. So next week... We're going to do Drop Ready to Rumble on you. And that is a fun podcast, folks. You're going to enjoy that one. WCW, if you're ever a WCW fan, this is a film that will bring back a lot of good memories from the WCW era and a lot of painful memories as well. <laughs> well, I just want to say this. For, for everyone who thought our No Holds Barred podcast was funny, and there are a lot of you who, who did and have commented as such, this one ranks right up there with it. As as and if I can say that as someone who participated in both podcasts, they were really fun to to watch. They were really fun to record, and they've been fun to sort of edit and re-listen to as we put them together. So I, you will have a good time with this one, just like you did. And it's a long one too. You know, it's breaking in. It may be one of the longest podcasts we've ever done. So that one's coming in too. So we, lots of fun stuff coming up. We've got some other surprises planned for the summer. We'll get a sessions or two in there too. Nick and Anna will be on with us again. So hang in there with us. You can also check out our Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast, The Art of Slaying, over at our uh, sister site, theartofslaying.com. We've got three seasons full of archives there for you, and we are in the midst of the fourth season of releases right now. So lots of fun stuff associated with Buffy, or if you're a movie fan too, we've got a ton of archives there. Check us out. Leave us a review on iTunes. Drop us a line in our guest book. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know what you think. And, hey, throw ideas at us. You never know. We might take one and run with it. So until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for tuning in to Filmstrip. Thanks for listening to Filmstrip. Visit our website, continuousplaypodcast.com, for more reviews and episodes. All content used or discussed in this podcast are the property of their respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act Section 504C2, Title 17.